that has also got database functionality, a bunch of other stuff. Um, I actually use it to kind of create the world building bibles for my stories. So I'll be able to list out all my characters in there and they're sort of embedded database pages. Again, it's something that I might tackle in a future video, but I find it really useful. Yeah, so the most important thing, tools and software, they can be useful. Like I don't deny that they can be useful to have. Um, like yeah, the free write, for example, has helped a lot with my focus when it comes to first drafts. But also like you shouldn't obsess over the tools. You should use them if they help. But remember that no tool is gonna help you write your book um, for you. You still have to do the hard work yourself. Bookie Vibes asks, what's the ideal number of chapters and pages in a book? Uh, 12 chapters and 352 pages. Anything more or less will mean your book is a failure. Um, <laughs> no, that's not the case. Uh, yeah, it's there's, there's no ideal number. Um, it just depends on what's right for your book. That's it. Matthew asks, do you find it helpful to have others like friends and family read your work while it's in progress to get their feedback? Or do you prefer to just work in creative isolation and trust your instincts? At the point where I'm at now, I find it much easier to write the first draft in isolation, edit the second draft in isolation, and then that's when I open it up for people to provide feedback. Um, earlier on in my writing, like there was benefit to kind of getting smaller samples out to people earlier on um, to kind of workshop that. But the point I'm at now, I just really want to be left alone with my manuscript until it's a, a point where I'm ready to show it to other people and get their feedback. But feedback, really important part of the writing process and you can't grow without it as far as I'm concerned. John asks, what author's writing process do you most admire? I would probably say Brandon Sanderson, just purely for the consistency and the prolificness of his output. The man is an absolute machine when it comes to producing books and um, that's something I very much uh, aspire to. And I think bigger than that is the fact that he really seems to enjoy it. Like even though he's pumping out so many novels, you don't really hear him complain about how difficult writing is. It seems as if he really takes a lot of joy in the process. So that's something that inspires me a lot. Last question here, Lewis asks, how do you know what to put on your book cover? I think it comes down to your genre. Um, you really need to be doing market research to see what are the successful book covers like in your genre. If they're all doing something that's really similar, then that's something that you should definitely consider doing as well. Ultimately, your book cover, um, whether you go down the, the traditional published or self-published route, it is a marketing tool. Um, it is something that is designed to be attractive to readers of a certain type of story, to get them into your book, so that then they can actually experience your unique artistry from there. So for me, you know, right now I'm writing a book called Kingdom of Dragons, and I looked at other book covers in this genre about sort of dragon writers and, you know, dragon writer fantasy, and I could see some very common themes, like there's lots of dragons on the covers, there's often, you know, like people holding swords, there's usually some hint of magic and stuff, and you can bet your bottom dollar that all those elements are gonna appear on my cover. I think that aspiring to have a really original or unique cover, or original and unique title for that matter, um, can be a bit of an ego trip that actually will hurt your chances of getting your story out there to your readers. Ultimately, your cover, and I would say your title as well, um, are tools, they are marketing tools that are designed to get readers into your story. And if you have like a really obscure title that you think is fancy as heck, and you have a cover that's like super abstract and just unconventional for your genre. Look, it, you know, it might still be successful, but I think for the most part, you're gonna be fighting an uphill battle if you do that. Um, you should really stick to designing a cover that is like on point for the genre, that clearly communicates what readers can expect, and then worry about actually, you know, 
being unique and impressing readers within the pages of your novel itself. If you want more details on that, um, and I know Lewis, you actually have this, so this isn't for you specifically, but I actually put together a um, complete correspondence between myself and my cover artist designer for The Thunder Heist, uh, and you can check that out. I'll put a link to that in the description down below, along with everything else that I've talked about in this. Basically, that is just like a full email chain of how I communicated with an artist to get the Thunder Heist cover designed. All right, so that is the 20 questions. Uh, thank you so much for helping the channel get to the point where it is now. And thank you so, so much for sending in these questions. I really enjoyed going through this. So hopefully we can do this again sometime in the future. Cheers, and I'll see you in the next video.